0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان لا يوم الدين أما بعد فوض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واتبع سبيل من أناب إليه وَقَالَ تَعَالَىٰ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَكُونُوا مَعَ الصَّادِقِينَ وَقَالَ تَعَالَىٰ وَكُلَّا نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الرُّسُلِ مَا نُثَبِّتُ بِهِ فُؤَادَكَ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ Respected brothers and sisters in Islam, Honorable students, Ulamai Kiram, Respected Elders, السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته The topic that Was mentioned, I think it's mentioned on the flyer, connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and attaining a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm reminded of one couplet that my beloved Shaykh Hazrat Manana Shah Hakim Wamadakhtasab Rahmatullah Ali used to mention often. And he would quote an ayat of the Quran in regards to this that what is the way that we connect to Allah ta'ala? And he used to say this. उनके मिलने का उनका मिलने का मिलने से उनके मिलने का मिलने से The one way of meeting Allah and connecting to Him is connect yourself with those who are connected with Him. Allahu Akbar मिलने का यही एकरा से the one way of connecting with him is connect yourself with those who are connected with him. And this is why in the meaning of these couplets Hazrat used to quote this ayah, Ar-Rahman fa'sal bihi khabira Ar-Rahman there's a waqf fa'sal bihi khabira That Rahman who is Rahman ask the one who knows Rahman Do you want to know who is Rahman ask the one who knows Rahman as the one who asks the one who is acquainted with rahman subhanallah so my dear brothers and sisters and honorable elders the way that we connect with allah azza wajal is connect with those who are connected with him and this is why it is very important and that the, the topic of discussion and the way that i want to take this is we have to understand in order for us to have a connection with allah In order for us to reach a destination, we have to aspire for something. And this is, I think, a major crisis that we are dealing with in the Muslim ummah today, is that we do not know what is piety. Students that are studying to become ulama, students that are graduating, there is not a a model, there is not a goal, there is not something to aspire for. Unfortunately, some of the things that I'm seeing is there's more of a confusion. There, there's more of like, what is this path? What, what is this about? Where is the end of this? What am I supposed to become? What am I supposed to be? I remember when we were learning this deen and we were in the company of some of our mashayikh, we would look at these elders. We would look at these awliya and these ulama and we would just say, Ya Allah, just make me like them. We had this aspiration. We had this namuna. We had this sample of what it is for us to become. But unfortunately, there is so much of a confusion that we see today. Allah Ta'ala kya hai? What is the path to Allah? What does it mean to be treading the path to Allah? What does it mean to practice deen? What does it mean to be in deen? And what has created this confusion? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward Mufti Azim and his team of you know, you know, establishing this program is that that the root cause of this problem is the confusion of social media. That on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Snapchat, and all these various social media, you know, outlets, you have some, like, ajeeb things that you see is the person who has the most entertaining talk, a person wants to practice his deen. The first thing and the first place he goes, social media. No one goes to see a human being. And very this is very seldom. Our first go-to is what? Is something that is, is not the company of a person, the auspicious um of a human being. What do we do? We're on social media. And then this is, this is what we are, this is what I'm talking about. What is the sample? What we are aspiring for? What are we looking at? What we are looking towards? What is deen? What is Islam? What is Iman? And what is this path? The person who has the most entertaining talk. The person who is the most loudest and obnoxious. Some of the people who can fill up seats in a stadium. Oh, there's a big hoopla, there's a big program. Where's the program? It's in this stadium. This celebrity is coming. This comedian is giving a talk. Okay, everybody run. Yes, Daray Takbir. Yeah, what did you get? I don't know what happened. What was going on? Comedians being invited to speak in front of Muslims. What does he have to teach me? How is he my Namuna? If this is not a manifestation of confusion, I don't know then what is? Such a confused state we are in as an ummah. Bringing a rock band to an Islamic conference. Bringing comedians. Paying them thousands of dollars. For God knows which zakat funds are probably going to that. If this is not confusion, what is? And where you know and and what do you say and then anybody who talks about allah walas anybody who talks about the awliya and the salihin and the ulama and the akabir what are you shakhsiyat parasti this is this i'm saying this shakhsiyat parasti might be better than bringing a comedian to talk to muslims what advice is he going to give or worse than that a politician what does he how is he going to get me close to my to my lord how is this comedian going to bring me close to my allah where are we going? Where is this? Where is this coming from? My dear brothers and sisters, this is coming from the disdain. This is because in our culture, we have lost the respect and the azamat for the awliya kiram, for the ulamay kiram, for the salihin, for the salaf, for which the deen rests upon following them. Guidance and hidayat rests upon following them. For us to look back, this is where our Islah will be. For us to look back to our aslaf, for us to look back at the Prophet ﷺ, at the Sahabi Kiram, at the Tabi'een, at the Tabi'in, at the, taba tabi'in, at the Awliya'i Mukarrabin. For us to look back at them, this will be success in, in our Ummah. Imam Malik Ta'ala's famous statement, لَن يَصْلُحَ آخِرُ الْأُمَّةِ إِلَّا بِمَا صَلَحَ أَوَّلُهَا Nothing will rectify the last of this ummah except that which rectified the beginning of this ummah. What had rectified the beginning of this ummah? It was ilm. It was amal. It was tabliq. It was jihad. It was ibadat. It was zikr. Look at the lives of the sahaba. Read what was it that, that the sahaba had that they conquered lands. Iman and yaqeen. Tahajjud. Qiyamul layl Fasting in the day, praying in the night, f- going in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where is this? Where are we looking? What are we aspiring for? And this is why my dear brothers and sisters, subhanAllah, this like confusion that has come about is because of what is there. The person who has the most followers is the biggest mufti. He's the biggest mufti, the one who has the most followers, the one who has the most likes. The one who can come up with the most different opinion that was never said before. Oh, subhanallah, subhanallah. This person is said, said something that nobody ever said before. Maybe that's a problem, bro. That he's saying something that nobody ever said before. Did you think about that? For 1400 years, people believe in azab-i-qabr. Mashallah. Hazratu after 1400 years now, understood Islam. Now is saying there's no azab-i-qabr. My dear brothers and sisters, wake up! What is happening to us? Rasulullah Akram sallallahu alayhi wa warned us about this fitna. What did he say? يَكُونُ فِي zaman, There will be in the end of times lying imposters, many of them. Coming and completely throwing water on what 1400 years of scholarship. muttafaq consensus and ijma of the ummah. Now he says something. Now he's a bara alama. Hazrat, Hazrat is a big allama. Why? Because he said something that wasn't said for 1,400 years. Hazrat is a big dajjal for saying something that was not said for 1,400 years. Look at what the Prophet صلى is reminding us: Yakunu fi aakhir zaman, dajjaluna They will be in the end of times, lying imposters. What what will be their sign? Listen to the sign of lying imposters. They will say things that neither you nor your fathers, forefathers, from amongst the ulama and the scholars of the ummah, had never said such things. This is their sign. But for for us, for for inshallah, not people who are connected with ulama. But people who are disconnected, many of them when they see this, that subhanAllah, look at, Hazrat is saying something, you know, mashallah, now he has understood, understood Islam, 1400 years later. SubhanAllah, what a religion, that a person is now coming to you, understanding and explaining to you, your religion, he is the one who has understood it, after 1400 years. Imam Abu Hanifa never understood it. Shafi, Malik, Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Tab-Tabi'een, tab and Salaf-Saliheen, they didn't understand it, now he has understood it. My dear brothers and sisters, these are things that I'm saying as we don't understand what is our namuna. What is our sample? What is our model? Who we should be following. Are the knowledge of these people better, or the knowledge of the people who've seen the sahaba? or the knowledge of the people who seen the prophet alayhi salatu was salam i cannot accept this my aql does not accept this if you if you think rationally and if you think logically i don't think my logic and my reasoning can allow me that somebody who came 1400 years later he understood islam better than those who took it from the prophet directly i cannot accept that no matter what dalil you give me you've understood it now why because you can type on a computer You've understood it because you have a CD. And this is what they say. When I, was, when I went to study, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you a story. Some of the lost people. I was going to study. I, rem- I never forget this. As Mufti Azim was mentioning, you know, we, you know, in San Francisco State University, that was when I didn't even complete it. He should also mention in my record that I was a college dropout, right? So that should also be mentioned. But I was in college... I did not want to further my studies. And I never forget what this person said to me. He told me, Oh, where are you going? I said, I'm going to be going to South Africa. I'm going to be you know, commencing the Alim program. I want to begin my studies of you know, the Sharia, Islam, Quran, and Hadith. He said, but why? Why do you need to go the other side of the world? Everything you need is right here. And he points to the little uh, uh, you know, bookshelf right in the corner of the masjid. Everything you need is right here. All of the hadith is on a CD. I don't know what you people are thinking. You're going all the way over there to study. I said, you know those people whose hadith is in the CD? So said, can you name me one of them? He said, yeah, Bukhari. I said, how do you think Bukhari got his knowledge? The person whose hadith is on that CD, how did he go to seek that knowledge? And if I put that CD in here in the computer for you right now, do you know how to read it? Even for you to access that CD, you have to know how to read. Where is the aql of people? Be dazzled, bewildered by anything that comes new. Be dazzled by anything that has a good advertisement. Be dazzled by anything that has good marketing. My dear brothers and sisters, deen is in iman and amal. How much amal is in us? How much a'mal is in our life? The righteous people, and I wanted to, you know, read some of the stories of the salaf. And this book was gifted to me by my sheikh after my beloved Hazrat Maulana Hakim Akhtar for the benefit of our own, to continue our spiritual guidance. I connected myself with Hazrat Maulana Zaman Sahab. Damat Barakatum, who was connected the Khalifa of Shah Wasiullah, who was connected to Hazrat Maulana Ashaf Ali Tanwi, Rahmatullah Alayhi. So he gifted me this book. And in his gift, there was an Ishara. And that Ishara is, this is a solution for many of our issues. This is a solution for students and graduates. What do I do? And how do I spend my life? This is a a solution for people who are confused about their deen. How do I practice my deen? This is a solution for brothers and sisters who are looking for a way, who are looking for someone to follow and a role model, the life of the salaf. He had this by his bedside. And at this age, subhanAllah, at the age of 87, 88, he is continuously, you know, marking this book and saying and sharing, look at subhanAllah, the statement of Sufyan Thawri. Look at the statement of this tabi'i, Thabit al-Bunani. Look at this subhanallah uh, incident of Abu Bakr Siddiq. And showing and studying and living and aspiring. Because if we have nothing to aspire for, we literally become lost. You have to have a goal. You have to have a role model. There's a very interesting quote that was said by a, by a bodybuilder. They said, how did you become this you know, famous bodybuilder, Mr. Universe? So he said, you know what? I would, I would look at a part in the mirror, and I would imagine it in a specific way, and then I would work on that until it becomes like how I imagine. SubhanAllah. And then he said, that is my secret to success in everything in life. I have a goal, an aspiration. I want it to become like that, and I continue to work and keep on doing it until it becomes like that. Subhanallah. When I I heard that, this really affected my heart. Because I said, why is it that so many people, we end up kind of like confused, or we're treading the path and we end up, you know, we're not able to find our way, or we end up confused, or we're following something that's headed nowhere. It's because we don't know where we are headed. We don't know what we are aspiring for. We don't have a final destination. We don't have like like that, that bodybuilder saying, I would look at my bicep and it says, too skinny. I would imagine this is how I want it. And I work on it until it gets to that point. My dear brothers and sisters, if we have Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa as our role model, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حسنى verily in the messenger of allah you have the most beautiful example if we have that and we strive in everything that our character becomes like that our ibadat becomes like that our akhlaq becomes like that our treatment of other people becomes like that our zahir and our batin becomes like that and we work on ourselves until we become like that subhanallah when we do that we will become then the role models allahu akbar this is what we're missing. We don't have that, what do you call, that mold. You know when they, when tailors make specific clothes, they have a mold. Or when people, you know, they, you know, in factories, they make these bottles, they have a mold. They put the plastic inside the mold, and then the machine, it puts it out exactly how the mold is. You need to have a mold for your deen. M-O-U-L-D Because if you don't have a M-O-U-L-D for your dean Then you're going to become M-O-L-D-Y Then you become mold M-O-L-D If you don't have M-O-U-L-D If you don't have a mold Dhansha If you don't have a namuna If you don't have an example Eventually you will go And you will be, you'll end up nowhere And this is why it is important First and foremost To see the lives and read the lives of the Salaf, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, very famous statement. He says, Anyone who is going to follow someone, let him follow someone who has passed. Because his whole history is in front of us. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah chose him as uswatun hasana, the most beautiful example. He is number one on our list. He is Sayyidul Salaf. He is the leader of all the Salaf. He is Sayyidul Ulama wa Salihin wa Awliya. He is the first on our list. He is the mold that which Allah wants us to mold our character, to mold our ibadat. Right? Pray as you see me praying. Take from me your Hajj and many, many other statements. The Sahaba, radhiyallahu anhum lived their life. They lived and they died to preserve the sunan of the Prophet wasallam. Because every activist, as Hazrat maulana Shah, Abrar al-Haqsab, Rahmatullah the Shaykh of our mashaykh, he said, every sunnah is hidayat. In every sunnah, there is hidayat. In every act of the sunnah, there is guidance. In every act of the sunnah, there is a link to Allah Azza Tell them, O Muhammad Wasallam, that if they love Allah, let them follow you, and Allah will love them. That is why every sunnah that is thabit, authentically, reliably narrated from the Prophet Wasallam that he did this, when you do that, that action will become beloved. If I eat in accordance with the way of the Prophet or the established Sunnas of the Prophet, with that intention, that amal of mine, that act of mine will become beloved. Right? If I ride on the conveyance and I read the du'as that was recited by the Prophet ﷺ, that riding, that movement of, on, on the conveyance, that traveling will become beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Relieving oneself and answering the call of nature. If I fulfill that amal in accordance with the way shown to us by Nabi Akram sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that you enter with the left foot and you say the dua, Allah, that act which Janwar does, an animal does, and a human also does, then that act will be included as a beloved act. That act will take you not because of the act itself, but because of the fact that you are doing it in the way shown by the Most Beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So brothers and sisters, this is, this, is a, this is a fundamental point in the deen. This is a fundamental matter in the deen. And slowly you see, and all of us are seeing, that anything that is new, even if it's something that is completely nonsensical, even if it's something that is completely against the Shariat. Just recently, and remember... I don't have an issue with any of the practices of what people do. The Ummat of Islam, mashallah, they are all over the world. They do their actions. But I'm asking a question for my own benefit. Somebody is advertising a majlis. They have an Isra and Miraj majlis or they have a Mawlid majlis or whatever the case might be. And I'm mentioning this so we understand. When they're advertising it, they'll be singing, there will be drums, and there will be food. This is exact. First three things that is mentioned to invite people to come. There will be singing, nasheeds, there will be drums, and there will be food, and also, of course, there will be a maulad as well. All of the brothers and sisters are uh, you know, uh, uh, invited to come and take part. When on earth was God worshipped with musical instruments? Would somebody tell me when from the way of the, 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 the sahaba and the way of the salaf, Was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala worshipped and Allah remembered with drums? And when were the majalis of dhikr and gatherings, when was it done in such a way where it's being catered for the nafs? And you see, this is a reality that we are seeing and it's an elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. That if there's a majlis that caters for the nafs, in 150%, that majlis will be a majlis that people will go. If it is a gathering that the Girls are sitting right here Guys are sitting right here They have full wonderful view of one another You'll see It'll be double this majlis Why? Why is this? Because it caters for the nafs It doesn't cater for hidayat It is not a a gathering or majlis That existed in the time of salaf like this The guys are coming for the girls The girls are coming for the guys People are coming for the party man People are coming for the refreshments it's a fact. You, you accept it or don't accept it. But will hidayat come about from this? These are things that have to be mentioned and I know it's a, it's a very, very difficult pill to swallow for a lot of people. But look and ponder. Was this from the lives of the salaf? Was, with, was this the amal of Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali? Was this in the, in the lives of the, the, the tabi'een and the tabatabi'een? rijali الرجال nisa playing of drums in the houses of allah somebody told me this is this is the adat of certain places of the world i said this is not the adat of the masjid of rasul sallallahu this is not the adat from the masjid of Sayyidina rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam hidayah doesn't come about from this Hidayat can only be from that which came from the prophet alayhi salatu Wasallam himself this is why what, the, what Sayyidina Abdullah Ibn Masood is telling us here, Mankana mustan Anyone who's following the way of somebody, follow the way of those who have passed. Why? la al-fitna. Because the living, there is no surety, there is no certainty that that person will die on iman. There is no surety, you don't know. That person could get caught up. I could get caught up. I am telling you, don't even follow me. Follow me on the condition that my a'mal, my akhlaq, my life is in accordance with those who have passed. Follow me on that condition. And as long as I am on that, as soon as you see me off of that, stop. Either advise me lovingly. Just as Sayyidina Omar anhu said, what would you do if I go off a little bit? He said, we will straighten you out just like this whip, we will straighten you. He said, Alhamdulillah that I have in my midst people that will guide Umar if Umar makes a mistake. Allahu Akbar. When we don't have this, then even if the Mashayikh become misguided, or even if the Mashayikh have lost their way, we are afraid. Don't be afraid. What was the a'mal of the Salaf is an example for us, even for the shayukh. Even the Mashayikh must keep themselves paban to this. Even the mashayikh must hold themselves true and accountable to the sunnah. I, saw, I heard something, it was, yani, ajeeb. It was an interesting incident. Hazrat Mir Sab, Rahmatullah was the khadim of our Shaykh. He mentioned one time, Mu'abra al Haqsab, he was eating ice cream. So he left the bottom of the ice cream and he didn't clean it, he didn't lick it and clean it. So he said, "Hazrat, you didn't clean the plate. The sunnah is to clean the plate. He said, oh, you know, I don't like to lick the bottom of the plate like this. It, it doesn't feel right. So he said, "Hazrat, this is the sunnah and you're not doing it. He said, okay, Jazakallah khair for reminding me, I make Toba From now on, I will do that. I know that this seems something very odd and it might seem something very unusual. And it doesn't mean that you should be sitting there, guns blazing on your teachers, seeing what action they are not doing or doing. This was a relationship between two people who are very close to each other. And this was a conversation that they had. But the point of this was how the Mashaykh themselves were account- accountable to the Sunnah. They're not accountable of making their own ways. And even if the Shaykh is committing misconduct then it will be accepted by the mureed. Why? Because he's just a sheikh. No, that's unacceptable conduct. Because the conduct is not in accordance with the sunnah. When we have made the conduct of shaykh opposite of the conduct of the salaf, like it's a separate thing, opposite of the conduct of the sunnah, we have actually then empowered them to do wrong. Whereas Hakimul Ummat, Mawlana ash said, he said, first, rectify your aqeedah Listen. First, rectify your belief and your aqidah. Secondly, gain necessary knowledge of the sharia. Once you have done that and you have a model in front of you, now go and seek a shaykh. What do we do? The other way around. First we go and the person with the the nicest, biggest turban and the longest jubba and the biggest cane, we'll find that and say, you know, whoever it is, this is the one. This is my dream come true. Where it's the other way around. You have, and subhanallah, and if that person with that description, masha'Allah, which is the sunnah, if that person now fits the description and the life and the akhlaq and the amal of the salaf and of the sunnah, then alhamdulillah. But my point is when we don't have this. Model to aspire by and live by and follow, we are gonna be in a state of confusion. Rasul Akram sallallahu alayhi wa addressed this. فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ يَعِشْ مِنْكُمْ بَعْدِ فَسَيَرَىٰ اِخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا Those of you who will live after me, you will see a lot of confusing things. Those of you who will live after me and you will survive, I warn you and I'm, I, I'm telling you, you will see a lot of confusing things. فَسَيَرَىٰ اِخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا so what should you do? bi sunnati. Follow my sunnah. And follow the sunnah of the khulafai rashidin. And what did the Prophet do? He called the actions of Abu Bakr and Umar and Usman and Ali sunnah. That is also sunnah. That also falls in the category of sunnah. He made ilhaq of the sunnah of the khulafa with his own sunnah. He had added that. The Prophet ﷺ himself made that addition and included that. And he also included I advise you and I admonish you to follow my companions and those that follow them and those that follow them. This by the by by the nas of the word of the prophet sallallahu what do we understand that the prophet sallallahu mentioned that there is khair in these times there is khair in the sahaba there is khair in the time of the tabi'in and the taba seeing them studying them understanding them you get kind of like an understanding and you get a a view and a vision of what it must have been. And this is why, just for the sake of, <coughs> just for the sake of, I wanted to read some sections from this. Ibrahim An-Nakhay, who was, you can say, a tabi'een. He was from the tabi'een. He said, قَالَ كَانُوا ataw أَتَوُ rajul that the people of his time, when they would come upon a person, لِيَأْخُذُوا عَنْهُ To take knowledge from him. And why these, why these incidents and these stories from the salaf is so important. Because it gives you a glimpse of the nonsense of the Instagram and Twitter and Facebook world that we're living in. Listen. إِذَا When they would come to a person to take knowledge from him, navaru ila salatihi, They would first look at his prayer. How does he pray? You don't get that in a lot of the social media outlets. The salaf, when they would come to see, they would not even listen, you're all listening to my lecture. The reality of my lecture is, anybody can give a talk. But few can do the walk. And I am holding myself accountable to this. This is not an easy lecture for me. Because any khutbah that is given, subhanallah, in this book I read it, any talk that is given, that talk will be replayed to you on the Day of Judgment as a hujjat. This is not easy for me. We are also taken into account by what is being said here. We are al bayan. This is this generation, lovers of bayan alhamdulillah bayans motivate us we need motivation but now the bayan also has to take us to a direction there has to be a thamara there has to be an end point. there has to be right a hasil at the end of this right what is the goal that the where where is the pot of gold at the end of this rainbow what are we supposed to do my favorite bayans are the bayans of tabligh and I'm not official tablighi in that sense We love any work that is the work of Khair. But my favorite is those bayans. Do you know why? Because immediately after that, they ask, who's ready? And when who's ready, everybody everybody dips back down into what? Into the sleeping bags. This is a real bayan. These are realities. These are haqaiq. That has to be said. Sometimes it's very—it's a—it's a a bitter pill to swallow, even for me, because I will also be held accountable by by these words that I'm reading. So when they would come, Ibrahim and said, "Should I tell you about the people of my time, and should I tell you about the, you know, the Sahaba and the people that I seen?" He's from the, you know, خير القرونِ قرنِ ثمَّ الذين يلُونَهم. He's saying, "In our time, this is how they would check people. How do we check people?" Okay, let me see this mufti saab. How many followers? Yeah, one million followers. Okay, he's a mufti saab. I can ask him a question on Facebook. This is how they would check people. نظر ila salatihi. They look at his salah. But the only person that look, look at somebody's salah is if you know salah. <laughs> what salah are you going to look at? You don't know how to pray yourself. This is why we go back to what Hazrat Hakimul Ommat said. Learn your deen. Seek knowledge understand your aqidah, then nobody can take you for a ride. Nobody can take you for a ride. And then you start blaming, this person misused me, and this person abused me. Why? Whose who's fault is that? Why did you? Listen. That's not what the tasawwuf says. That's not what the Mashaykh Qastus sabil ila mawla al Jalil. We're printing the new book, a translation of Hakim al-Ummat's first elementary book of spirituality. Point number one, learn your aqidah and learn your deen. Point number two, now if there's a shaykh that's needed, find a shaykh. Because you will be able to see. Nadaru ila salatihi. How are you going to look at somebody's salat if you don't know salat yourself? How do you know if he's praying it right or wrong? Nadaru ila salatihi, wa ila hadihi, wa ila samtihi. They would look at his prayer, they would look at his actions, they would look at his behavior. Subhanallah. From that, then, when they would see that, they would take knowledge from this person. Now who do we take knowledge from this person? Who is the most entertaining? Who has the most YouTube likes? Who has more million followers? MashaAllah, he must be Mufti Azam. Mufti dunya. Malik ibn Dina, rahimahullah, says, (laughs) إِنَّ الْعَالِمَ إِذَا لَمْ يَعْمَلْ بِعِلْمِهِ زَلَّتْ عَنِ الْقُلُوبِ كَمَا عَنِ الصَّفَاءِ Malik ibn Dinar says that when a, when a alim, when a knower, and we, we're talking about all knowers and people who convey knowledge, when he does not act upon his knowledge, then his admonition and his advice, it slips away from the heart, just as rain slips away from the rocks slips away. It doesn't go inside of the hearts. It doesn't have ta'thir. It doesn't have effect when there's no amal in the life of a person. Abu al-Aliya, one, one of the tabi'een, faqih, mujtahid, Abu al-Aliya rahimahullah said, Kuntu arhal ila ayyam li asma minhu." He was one of the narrators of hadith as well from the Sihah Sitta Abu al-Aliya. He says, I used to travel days to take knowledge from a person. This is very important for this Instagram and Twitter, Zamana, where we'll take, you know, knowledge, whereas we don't even know what it is, who it is, what's the akhlaq of that person. Kuntu arhal ila masirata ayyam li I used to travel days to get knowledge from a person, to get a hadith from a person. فَأَتَفَقَّدَ صَلَاتَهُ And I would check his salat. فَإِنْ وَجَدْتُهُ يَحْسِنُهَا أَقَمْتُ عَلَيْهِ I would check his salat. If I see that he is doing his salat properly, this man is a man of diligence in his connection with Allah. My dear brothers and sisters, what is salat actually? Salat actually is a person's connection with Allah. When I would see that his connection with Allah is right, then to Ali. I would stay and I would learn from him. And if I find that he's completely neglectful of his prayers, rahaltu walam asma'aminhu, I continue on my way and I will not hear hadith from him, despite the fact that I travel days to go to him. These ahadith, these books of hadith that we have the narrators. Haddathana fulan, haddathana abu'l-aliyah, haddathana... This was their attitude. This was how hadith was narrated to us. This is why we know that what the Prophet has told us is true. Is because the people who carried it, this is how they scrutinized knowledge. This is how they scrutinized people. They didn't beat around the bush and they weren't people that were, you know, light people. They were very heavy. They were very serious. And deen was a serious matter. It was not a joke. And it was not entertainment. That you could summarize a deen to a tweet. Traveling for days to get there. And when you get there, he knows the hadith. He knows all the words. But if he's wasting and neglectful of the prayer, then he will be neglectful of everything else. How can I trust anything else about him? My dear brothers and sisters, reading this puts fear in my heart, because this is keeping us accountable as well. This Bayan is not for you, actually. This Bayan is for me. No matter what people think about us, and no matter what people say about us, oh, he spent time with this Sheikh and he got jazed from that sheikh and he, that doesn 't mean anything. Where is my salat? my salat? to my prayer. My fast, my ma allah, my tahajjud, my amal, my ma'amulat. Where is it? This is for me. And when I realize that this is the maqam of the salaf, when people come to me, I will be embarrassed. I will not get hubris. And I will not feel arrogant that, oh, look at how much students I have. I will feel ashamed. Students, don't come to me. I'm not worthy of that. Why people become deceived and deluded by their own selves because they have no aspiration of who they're supposed to actually be. If you know where you're actually supposed to be, no matter how much people praise you, you will not get pride in your heart. This is the cure to pride. Listen. Do you want your pride to be cured? O ulama, O mashayikh, O students of knowledge, and O pious people, do you want yourself to be put in your place? Read the lives of the salaf. You know what you'll say? You'll feel embarrassed to consider yourself a Muslim. Yes, we need that I know I speak hard But we need that Because we're too high up We're comparing ourselves to myself <laughs> I'm so I'm, I'm wonderful Why? I'm comparing myself to myself I'm comparing myself to the person who doesn't pray I'm comparing myself to that uncle Who doesn't come to the masjid Of course you're pious Don't compare yourself to him Compare yourself to the sahaba Then we're going to see how much arrogance you have then a shame will come over you. Then a grief will come over you. Then haya will come to you. How can all these people be sitting in my bayan right now? I feel ashamed. But if I make this bayan, this is for me. I am reminding myself because my mouth is closer to my ear than anybody else's. And then Abu Aliya says that when I see That he is not concerned of the prayer and he is negligent in the prayer Then I will say that in other things he will be more wasteful And in other things he will be more negligent This is all for us, just random These are, my sheikh gifted me this And I thought that I make use of of it myself and others make use of it. I'm just reading some. Ibrahim al-Nakhai, again, rahimahullah ta'ala says, إِذَا رَأَيْتُ الرَّجُلَ يَتَهَاوَنُ بِالتَّكْبِيرَةِ الْأُولَىٰ فَغْصِلْ يَدَكَ مِنْهُ When you see somebody, he doesn't care about takbira a Do we know whats takbira takbeer-a-ulah? To get the Allahu Akbar with the imam. Some of the fuqaha have given us a little bit of a discount. They say, if you catch the salat in the first rakat, you caught the takbir ula. Take it, chalo, discount be We'll take the discount. He says, إذا رأيت الرجل يتهاوَنُ الأولى If you see a person he doesn't really care about takbir ula, then Wash your hands from that person. He doesn't have. He doesn't have. He doesn't have even a desire. السابِقُونَ the people who run, the people who hasten to do good deeds, they are the closest ones to Allah. This person doesn't hasten. He's not concerned. Wallahi, I'm reading this for myself because I need this. Hakimul Ummat, Mawlana Shafalitani Rahmatullah said, When I see that something is weak inside of me, I go and I give a bayan about it. Because it makes me embarrassed that I should have start bringing this in my life. Allah Ta'ala reward Mufti Azim and the team this is going to be my statement now. Mufti Azim and the team. Mufti Azim and the team, mashallah, for setting up this opportunity for us to bring amal. Wallahi, there are no majalis, there are no gatherings, there are no conferences that are better than the conferences which make you do something. Not only make you hear something. Everybody loves to hear stuff and then go, and Khudaf end of the story. The real bayan is, Who is ready for takbir is ready for takbir ulah? is ready for, MashaAllah, fasting tomorrow? Or whatever Mashallah, Maulana has said. This is a wonderful opportunity. This is an excellent program. This is on the Nahj of the Salaf. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward Mufti Azim and the team. And reward Darussalam for establishing these type of practical, right? Practical deen. Real Deen In another narration Ahmad ibn Harb Again from amongst the Tabata'bi'een He says Abadtu Allah خمسين سنة فما Ahmed ibn Harb says Also from the narrators of Hadith He said I worshipped Allah for 50 years but i did not find the enjoyment and the sweetness of worship until i left three things i detoxed detox until i detoxed certain things what was that number 1 taraktu nasi hatta an bilhaq i left seeking the wishes of people and the likes of people only then i was able then to speak the truth because i don't really care what if people like me or don't like me when you're always concerned with the likes, when you're always concerned with the followers, then you're going to say what they want you to say. You're going to do what you want them to do. And like Hakimul rahmatullah said, he said, instead of you being muqtada, you become muqtadi. Instead of you being the one who's supposed to be followed, you're becoming a follower. That whatever their desire wants, however they want you to be dressed, however they want you to talk, whatever they want you to say, whatever they want you to do. You will dance to their song because you want their pleasure. He says, I left seeking the pleasure of pleasing people by neglecting my deen or harming my deen in the process. When I I was able to do that, I was able to speak the truth. And this is another reason why people keep on doing what they're doing is they have to keep their customers and they have to keep their fans. It's a fan base. You got to keep the Patreon going. You got to keep the you know, bank account filling up. Otherwise, you say something, you lose a lot of fans. So I forgot about that. I didn't make that my purpose. And he said, I left the company of the evil people. And by leaving the company of the evil people, I found the company of the righteous people. My dear brothers and sisters, Not only should we be concerned with sitting in the company of the righteous and avoiding the company of the evil people, what you follow and what you watch on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, that is also suhbat. When you are looking at somebody's Instagram and following that person on Instagram, even if it might be for entertainment, When you are following somebody on Facebook, even if it might be for entertainment, you are essentially sitting in their company. Whatever poison they might be spewing, whatever garbage and trash they might be talking, you will also be exposed to that. You are exposing yourself, like exposing yourself to radiation, exposing yourself to toxins. Because that person... He's a foul person. He's not a person talking. And you're just listening to it. Sometimes we like to listen to foul things for the sake of entertainment. Brothers and sisters, I can't explain how harmful this is spiritually. Where you just go and say, okay, let me just see what this like Gumra guy has to say. Wallahi, in the Afghan community, there's so many of these YouTube muftis that in Farsi language, all they do is... I'll give you an example of one of the things he said. He says... Actually, nowhere in the Qur'an does it say alcohol is haram. So, where can... And he said, I challenge. And you know, a person who never learned deen, he never sit with the ulama, he never sat with the, you know, pious people. He's hearing this person. He said, in the entire Qur'an, it doesn't say, Al-Khamru Haram. Where is it say Surah Al-Khamr? And you'll just say some dumb things like this, that even a child in Maktab can respond to him. But you'll say things like that, and a person just listening to his lectures, just to see what this Gumra guy is saying. Next minute, he's the murid of the Gumra guy, and he lost his iman. And this is happening to a lot of people. Where, whereas Allah Ta'ala says, wal wal Azlamu Allah Ta'ala says, alcohol is filth buhu, Stay away from it. And he says, but he didn't say it's haram. I tell you, this urine, this is urine. Oh, I'm gonna drink it. It's not haram. You didn't say it's haram, you just said it's urine. <laughs> this is so foolish. But people listening to that will be like, yeah, he's right. Nowhere it says haram. I said, There's the, Allah Ta'ala used words that are more severe than haram. رجس Buhu. <laughs> إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ يُرِيدُ أَنْ يُوْقِعَ بَيْنَكُمُ الْعَدَوَةَ وَالْبَغْضَاءَ فِي الْخَمْرِ وَالْمَيْسِرِ وَأَنْ يَسُدَّكُمْ عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُنْتَهُونَ Shaytan wants to use this khamr to take you away from him, to put you into fights and enmity, and to make you forget your prayer. So will you not stay away from it? Allah Ta'ala has used such wordings that is even more severe than the word Haram. Somebody needs to explain to them But my point was this Is the sohbat What is is Ahmad ibn Harb saying? I left the company of these people And I found the company of the righteous So when you're going Just to browse Wallahi browsing is a thing That takes you down the rabbit hole man Don't browse Browsing You end up looking and searching one thing You end up in a hell Literally You end up in hell Beware of that browsing. Oh, let me just check this. Let me just check. Oh, let me just check this comment. Oh, who is she? Okay, let me check there. And you realize, made a complete fool of yourself. Where am I? Where did I end up? And how did I embarrass myself? And how have I fallen into this sin? All of it came from what? Browsing and going into where we're not supposed to go. That is also a company. That's my point, brothers and sisters. That is also company. That is also suhbat. That is also exposing yourself to the good or to the evil of somebody. And if that person is evil, some of these complete inappropriate pictures and haram videos, every time that act is happening, when you turn it on, it is as if you're reliving that act over and over again. And the lanat that came upon those people doing that act, that lanat will be coming upon you when you open that image. Beware of this brothers and sisters. We cannot gain piety until we leave and disconnect and detox ourselves from the evil company and that evil exposure. And lastly he says, وَتَرَقْتُ حَلَاوَةَ الدُّنْيَا حَتَّى وَجَدْتُ حَلَاوَةَ الْآخِرَةِ I left the sweet things of this world and that is when I found the sweetness of the Akhirah and the sweetness of the prayer. What is the sweetness of the world? All of these things that is sinful. All of these things that are evil. All of these things, you know, that is taking us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we give out that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us, like a lot of us have a difficulty controlling our eyes from lustful glances. The Prophet alayhi salatu said, إِنَّ النَّظَرَ مِّنْ sihami إِبْلِيسِ مَسْمُومٌ Verily, these evil glances and these lustful glances, they are arrows from the poisonous arrows of shaitan. مَن تَرَكَهَا مَخَافَتِي أَبْدَلْتُهُ إِيمَانًا يَجِدُ حَلَاوَتَهُ فِي قَلْبِهِ Anyone who leaves these lustful glances for my sake, I will replace that difficulty or that bitterness of guarding the eyes, I will replace that with sweetness in his heart. The sweetness of iman, the sweetness of worship, the sweetness of dhikr, the sweetness of du'a. Today, why we don't have sweetness in our du'a, sweetness in our dhikr, sweetness in our worship. The sahaba would stand the entire night, Reading and repeating one rakat How did they have that sweetness? Because the bitterness of right, That evil and the lustful images Was not in their minds Brothers and sisters These are just some examples From the lives of the Salaf I just read, inshallah One more Abu Musa Ashari radiallahu anhu, says, fi We went with the Prophet ﷺ in one ghazwa, in one battle. نتع... And we were six people, we used to take turns on the back of the camel. So there were six people to one ride. ونقبت... ونقبت ونقبت Our... Feet were tore up, and my feet got tore up, and even my nails started to fall off because we didn 't have shoes. So we would wrap our feet with bandages. So this battle was called the Battle of Bandages, because the Sahaba tore. Bandages and they wrapped it around their feet because they didn't even have shoes to wear in this battle. Soldiers don't even have shoes to wear. لما كنا نعصب على أرجلنا Abu قال أبو فحدث أبو موسى بهذا الحديث. So Abu Burda, the narrator, says Abu Musa Ashari. He mentioned this hadith and then he said, ما كنت أصنع أن أذكر هذا الحديث. I would not have ever told you this. I would not have ever told you this incident. And he said that, Sayyidina Abu Musa said, I would never have told this story, but I'm dying. So I wanted to tell you, this is what we experienced with the Prophet of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. As if he did not want any of his actions to be known by anyone. Subhanallah. In this time of social media, and in this time of these platforms, these are literally riya platforms. I am now entering into the masjid, take picture of his foot. I am now in the haram, take picture during tawaf. I am making tawaf, take my picture. I am now making iftari, take my picture. (laughs) What are you doing? Destroying your a'mal. You don't need to put your amal on the whole, to, for the whole world to see. Your amal should be for yourself. This is, this is how much the sahaba عنهم, they wanted their actions to be hidden. To such an extent that he had never told this incident to anyone. And even in the end he said, I didn't want to say this, but I'm passing away. And this is his student. He said, I want to let you know that this was also some of the experiences we had with the Messenger of Allah. And I, did, I didn't feel comfortable to say this. Now, a whole person's Right, Facebook, posts, and Instagram, and, and uh, 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 you know, Twitter, you'll find all of their a'mal that you want, you can see. Salat, zakat, hajj, five pillars of Islam, you'll find there. The lives of the salaf was such, it mentions one of the companions. He said when he would be reading Quran, then this is, I mean, my, my point is, many of the stories of the salaf that we see, let me tell you how to decode this. Some of it is not literal. That you literally need to do what they did. Some of it is to understand, to get some equilibrium in your understanding that oh okay, a'mal is not something that I should be publicizing. One of the salaf, he said, when you would pass by them and they would be reading, be reading Quran, he would, quickly, he would quickly take a shawl and he would cover it. So you don't see that what, what he was he doing in solitude. He would cover the Quran, so he wouldn't see that he's reading Quran. He didn't want somebody to see I did that action so nobody would see. The point being is, Yani, if somebody sees you reading Quran, there's nothing wrong with somebody seeing you as long as you're not doing it to show. This is the difference, this is the reality of riyah. Riyah is ira atun nas. antara an nas. Right? Riyah is that you should show people and have intention to show people, not that people should see you. People seeing you, so what if people see you? You're not doing it to to show them. But, brothers and sisters, my point is, in all of these, what do we have? These are all principles. These are all examples to live by. How am I supposed to have my aman? Am I supposed to show them and publicize them? Or am I supposed to keep them to myself? How is my prayer supposed to be? How is my conduct supposed to be? How is my, you know... A'mal supposed to be how is my relationship supposed to be all of this you will find as an example in the lives of those people who have passed and Sayyidina Abdullah Ibn Masud told us if we have that what we will do if you're a scholar You're aspiring for them Hazrat uh, Hakimul Ummat Rahmatullahi Hazat Sheikh Zakaria Rahmatullahi alayhi. we find them. They are the most astounding individuals That in their lives they accomplished such things that a thousand people wouldn't be able to accomplish what they accomplished Hakimul al-Ummah wrote 1500 books in his own life in Qimat al-Zaman the very great Syrian scholar Sheikh Abdul Fattah, Abu Ghudda he says Sheikh Ashraf Ali Tanwi al-Hindi Hakimul al-Ummah he calls him Hakimul ummah the wise man of this Ummah the sage of this Ummah and he said he wrote in this century 1500 some books that nobody in this century has done what he has accomplished Syrian scholar and muhaddith is attesting to the maqam of this great shaykh. Do you know what he said? He said, I'm not a shauqeen of collecting books that much. But there's one book that I love the most. And I keep that with me and I read that all the time. What book is that? Tabakatul Kubra of Imam al Tabaqat Tabakatul Kubra is the lives of the Salaf. Tabakatul Kubra is the book that was the choice book of this person who had achieved so much, how did he achieve? And why did he achieve? It's because he had something to aspire for. Yes, definitely. I can't imagine myself ever becoming one of them. But their lives give me a principle. Their life gives me something to aim for. Their lives give me something to be ashamed about. Their lives give me something to be proud about. Their lives give me something to keep as a motivation. Constantly when you are reading about their lives, you are being motivated. And this is the key to everything, brothers and sisters, that constant motivation. How can you keep yourself constantly motivated? It's so difficult. How do I motiv- motivate myself to come to Salat? Read the story of those companions. Read the lives of those Salaf that for 40 years they did not miss Salat with Jamaat. Allah made them a hujjat. Allah made them an example and a proof for all of humanity that human beings can do it. You were a human being and they were also a human being. They did it and you can't? How is that? How can that be possible? It's because there was something that was pushing their himmat. There was something that was motivating them. Reading their lives, brothers and sisters, is the thing that will motivate us. When you see that, and like I said, you might not be... Like I'm saying, some of, the, some of their stories, you have to look at it and say, like you know, our beloved Hazrat Rahmatullah always used to say, don't just read the books of the Sufis and try to imitate them. You can't become like them. Don't just read the lives of the Sahaba and then just try to automatically think you're going to become the Sahaba. No, but having something that... Subhanallah, okay, I have an idea. What is deen? Not some of this other nonsense that we're seeing or childish amusements and entertainment in the name of deen. This is not the reality. The reality is what those people had. So that it can be, what? A motivating factor for us. I can't wake up for Fajr. I'm reminded of, subhanAllah, that tabi'i, who when he missed salat with jama'at, after 40 years, he came and he fell ill at home, and for three days, people were making i'adat. Hz. Shaykh brought so many of these stories in Fazail salat. Why? It's because when we read their lives, we are motivated. Hakim ul-Ummat said that if you can't be in the company of these people, read their words and study their lives. This was the objective of the book by Allah's fadl and that I had compiled by the du'as of our elders, by the fadl and of Allah that we compiled. This was the whole objective, seeing the sacrifice of the Prophet ﷺ. That was the whole story behind sacrifices. It's the youngsters, elders, people were coming to me, that I'm going through this problem, and I'm going through that problem. So I said, look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ. Every day of his life was struggle and hardship. So that was the motivation why I had compiled that, that Allah Ta'ala has given us a namuna, How we must conduct ourselves through hardships, through difficulties, through tribulations. And we have an example of how we must conduct ourselves. Inshallah, if we have that in front of us, our deen will become better and better every day. And we will never have anything that will demotivate us. We'll always have a constant motivating factor. And inshallah, it is my intention. May all of the Ulama and mashayikh and brothers and sisters who are here make dua for this I am also trying to venture to compile something of the lives of the salaf May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that happen May Allah make that possible to the barakah of this majlis And also for those who want to MashaAllah Hazrat Shaykh in fazail salat in fazail sadaqat SubhanAllah So many examples he has from the lives of the pious people that there's plenty Hikayat sahaba This is the objective why did Maulana Ilyas order Hazrat Shaykh Rahmatullah to write this? What was the objective? Because Hazrat Mawlana Ilyas alayhi, he said that when the people know what is the faza'il and the virtues of these actions, they'll be motivated to do them. If you don't know why you're doing it, and you don't have any motivation to do it, and you don't see the, you know, the, the, the gold pot at the end of the rainbow, what are you going to do anything for? So Hazrat Ma Ilyas was on him. He said, one time I was delaying because I was so busy and I'm teaching Bukhari and my uncle Mu'aylias was always after me. You have to write this, you have to write this. And you know, I was procrastinating. One time he caught me. He ended up right next to me in Salat. And I said, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. He was right there. He said, where's my book? <laughs> before dua, before anything, he looked right at me. He said, where's my book? He, oh, my chapter is after me now. I have to write. So, Hazrat Shaykh ilyas was after him to write this because of the importance of this. Why is it that when we sit in the halakat of ta'aleem, when we go out in the path of Allah, there is a desire to do good deeds when we come back. It's because we have a motivation. We can bring that motivation in our lives, brothers and sisters, have ta'aleem from the stories of the sahaba. Have ta'aleem in your home from the stories of the tabi'een and the pious people. And it has it in in that kitab. If amal, mashallah, if a'zail fazail amal, fazail hajj, fazail duruj sharif, fazail dhikr. Dozens and dozens. My favorite part of it was the dozens and dozens of stories of the sahaba and the Tabi'in that is mentioned therein. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. They are such people that tanzilu rahmatu inda zikr salihin. That when they are being mentioned, the rahmat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends. These are the pious people. So when we are Mentioning them and we are reading about them, right? We will become acquainted with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We'll gain a connection with Allah Taala. As my Sheikh Rahmatullah said, Mujhe kuch nahi thi. Tera dard kya hi, ya Tere se Tere sange manna. Oh Allah, I didn't know what is your love. I didn't know how to come to you. Mujhe kuch nahi thi. Tera dard kya hi, ya I didn't know what is your dard. I didn't know what is your love. I didn't know anything about your path. Teri ashikho sisiqa. Tere sangi darpi marna. I learned from your lovers how to die for you. May Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq to learn this and to implement this in our lives. Wa akhi rudawa analhamdulla ibla nameen. Subhanakalla mehannika nashadwaalla ilahin latana staqfi